greet you once again this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, amen. So good to be in the house of God. It's good to see each one of you again today. Praise God. This morning I want to talk about set apart. And I'd like to have you turn with me to James. James in chapter 4. Glory to God. What a great time of worshiping the Lord. Hallelujah. It was a wonderful time. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to read from chapter 4 of James. He said, From whence comes wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lusts. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do ye think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. He said, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil, one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaketh evil of the law and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judges another? Go to now, yea, that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. Let us pray. Father, we thank you this day. We can come to you once again in Jesus' name. We thank you for your love and your mercy, your grace. Your many blessings that you share with us. Father, we pray that you would continue to be with us this morning. Father God, that your name will be lifted up. And Father, that we would hear from the throne room of God. Father, that you'd anoint my lips and my heart and my mind. And Lord, that we would continue in our lives and as we live to be a shining light in this world that we live in. To be set apart as a people that have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Father, today I praise you, I love you, and I worship you. We thank you for being with us. We thank you for your word and your spirit. We thank you for the blessings of health and strength. Lord, we thank you for the blessing of the family of God. We thank you that you're with us. We praise you now, Lord. We love you. Father, we give you all the glory, and in Jesus' name we pray with thanksgiving. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. So as we started reading here, he talks about the war that goes on 
in the flesh, between the flesh and the spirit. But today, the theme of our, our message today, the sermon today is in verse 4. He said, Yea, adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. He said, Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world, he is the enemy of God. How many people today, how many times do Christian people just not realize what that really is saying? Do we understand today that if you are a friend of the world, you're God's enemy? Being God's enemy puts us in a position if we are God's enemy. It puts you and I into a, a position and a perspective that changes the whole view of life, even if we don't realize it. There's a whole different connection with God. Maybe there is no connection with God. But today as we look at to be set apart from the world, I think of these things of, as I grew up in the Amish setting, I often think of how we were so much set apart in a, in a sense of dress, in a sense of doing, in a sense of not doing. And some of those things may be actually a little bit have, uh, have some weight to it. But that's not what matters. What matters is the heart that is where Jesus Christ dwells in the heart. When he cleanses and changes our heart and our life, that is what makes the difference. That is what sets us apart from the world. That is what makes even then an impact of how we think and how we talk and how we live and how we go about our lives. That is how we're set apart. Being set apart from the world is something... It's like after we get born again. When you and I get born again, when we, when we receive Jesus Christ in our heart, the Holy Spirit, when He dwells in our heart, He changes us from the inside out, not from the outside in. The inside out gets changed. That heart. That's where the issues of life come out. Like He said there, He said, look at that. He said, the enemy... Of God is the one that's a friend of the world. But let, let's look at some other scripture. I want to bring in Romans 8, and we'll come back to this. In Romans 8, he said in verse 5, a very familiar verse there, he said, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but he said, They that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. He said, For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Today, if you have life and peace, you know where that comes from. That comes not from the devil. It comes from Jesus Christ. Amen? We're going to be thankful today that we experience that peace and that wholesome life, the life that comes from God. He said, for to be carnally minded is death. He didn't say that it, it, it's it distracts you. He said it's death. That's what he said. He said, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. That is why. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Something that I really appreciate about the Word of God, when you read the Word of God, it, it speaks it in life. It speaks it in death. It does. And what I mean by that, it's either life or death. 
And that's what we just read here. He's telling us, Paul is reminding us this morning to be carnally minded. That's a dead end road. That's death. But to be spiritually minded, what does it bring? Life and peace. Glory to God. Can anybody this morning shout hallelujah? We have life because of Jesus Christ, because of the Savior. Glory to God. Like he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, he said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Then what happens? All things have passed away and all things have become new. <laughs> Glory to God. We're talking about a blood-washed blood saint here this morning. We're talking about people that have been washed in the blood. And how can you be washed in the blood if there was no Savior that came? Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, He came and He gave His life. He went on that cross. When He was hanging on that cross with His arms spread out, He was thinking of every one of you this morning. He had you in mind. He had me in mind. He was thinking of us, of how much He loved us. He knew that if He gives His life, that He, he sheds that blood at Calvary, that you and I will have eternal life through that blood that was shed. Glory to God. So talking about being set apart, to be like in 1 Peter 2, I think it talks about where he says, we are a chosen people. We're a peculiar people. That's talking about you. You know, you might look at, uh, you, you brothers out there, you might look at your wife and say, yeah, you're cute, you're, you're lovely. I, I love it, I enjoy to be with you. And that's good. But Jesus even loves you more. You know, sometimes you look at like what I call the, the secret, the sacred, the, the beautiful, special things in life that we, we treasure that and we should. But it's not even to the extent how Jesus Christ, how he treasures you. And to me, that's special. That's special to know that some reason this morning, uh, when we were singing that song, when I was sharing just a little bit of, of uh, how it brought back, the, it reminded me of where I got born again. And some reason, all I see is this, this horse stall with a nice bed of straw and me kneeling there. I just thank God. I thank God. You know, today that barn is fallen down but it doesn't change the memory. It doesn't change the fact that Jesus didn't meet me there. He met me there. He is an amazing God that we serve this morning. This morning, we just want to be reminded by the grace of God, be reminded that to be a friend of the world is death. It's enemy of God. But to be the friend of God, to be a child of God, that's life and peace. And there's eternal life. Glory to God. This morning, as I look out there, the crowd is a little small. But you know what? You know what really matters is wherever God's people are at, He's there too. He's with us all. He's with them. Maybe some are traveling Maybe some are visiting at reunions and all those kind of things. You know what it is? Like Brother John was sharing this morning. Do we take the time 
Do we start the day with Jesus Christ? Is that what we do? You know, is, or is it all about other things and on the end of the day we're like, oh, you know, testimonies are powerful, brothers and sisters. Testimonies are so good. It's a reminder and encouragement. Praise God. That's what Paul is saying here. He's just reminding us the carnal mind doesn't do the things of God. The carnal mind is not of God. The carnal mind, God rejects that. That is why He sent His Son, so that we can be delivered from that carnal mind and we can be set free. Let's look what He said in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Praise God. He said, To not be unequally yoked, glory to God. With what? 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. He said, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath the righteousness with unrighteousness? What, what is in common with that? That is what Paul was saying already in Romans. He's saying, so what is this? He said, this carnal mind has nothing to do with God. And that is why, brothers and sisters, it's so important that the things you practice in life, that you do not compare it, that you do not compare it with others. You do not compare it with your friends. You do not compare it with the world, but that you must compare it with the Word of God, the Holy Spirit. Is this what Jesus would do? That is why it's so important. He said, for what fellowship hath a righteousness to do with unrighteousness? And what communion hath, dark, hath light with darkness? What is a connection with the light and darkness? He said in verse 15, and what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he believeth, he that believeth with an infidel? Infidel is an unbeliever. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. He's saying this morning, Joseph, you're the temple of a living God. Matthew, you're a temple of the living God. That's what he's telling us. He's saying, Pastor John, you're the temple of a living God. That's what he's bringing out. He said, I will dwell in them. I will walk in them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. <laughs> Can anybody shout praise God for that? Because this morning, if it wasn't for Jesus Christ, you wouldn't be his son. You wouldn't be his child. You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be saved from eternal damnation. You wouldn't be delivered from yourself. You would still be living in sin and serving the devil and be headed to hell with him. But this morning, you're delivered because of Christ. Glory to God. Because He dwells in you and He walks in you. And He talks to you and He said, I will be their God. He said, I will be your God. And they will be my people, He said. What a connection. Glory. Verse 17, He said, Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, said the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. What a scripture. What a promise that God gives us this morning. Glory. Just reminding us that, praise God, that when we sell out to Him, there is such a reward. He doesn't want us to be unequally yoked. He doesn't want us to have one foot in the world and one in the, one in the church or one in, in the kingdom of God. He doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to get in or get out. He's calling us to get in. He's calling us to stay in. He's calling us to walk in. He's calling us to run in. 
He's calling us when we're in to reach out, but not to go out. That's two different things. Reach out, brothers and sisters. Reach out. Take people by the hand. Minister to them. Give them a little water to drink. Plant the seed. Remember, right here is the line. This is the line. This is the kingdom of God, or an example. And from here to those chairs, that is the world. The reason I got to stop there, I don't want you to be part of this world, okay? There's the world. Here's the kingdom of God. He didn't say to go. Don't go and be like the world. See, the Bible doesn't tell us to be weird, to be odd. It doesn't tell us to be that. But to be separate. To be separate people. That's what he tells us to do. To be, holiness does, does not seek to be odd. Holiness seeks to be like God. That's what he does. That's what holiness does. But sometimes people get it mixed up. And they, they seek to be odd. They seek to be like the world to reach the world. You don't need to be like the world to reach the world. You need to be like God. Remember, the one that redeemed you, he didn't come and been like you. He experienced the things that we did, but he didn't live. He didn't live a sinful life like you and I. And then he said, well, let me repent and I'll go and redeem everybody else. He didn't do that. Jesus left a perfect example. He didn't do that. He lived a perfect life, and then he went to the cross, and he said, I'll give my life so you can have a perfect life, so that you and I can come and be with him one day. And while we're here, we can, we can enjoy life. Praise God that you get to enjoy life today. You know, without Jesus, you might enjoy life, but it won't be the same. So when you and I are walking in the kingdom of God, we're walking on this side. There's so many times we get to reach out. We get to help people. We get to bless people. We get to love people. People get it mixed up. They think, well, if you love the world, the people in the world, not the world, but if you love those in the world, you got to be like them in the world. No, you don't. You love them. You encourage them. Even if they don't want to listen, you can still love them. But don't act like them. Don't call it okay. Don't go back and say all those things that you have done in the past or have been taught in the past and heard in the past. And oh, those people, they didn't know how to love the, they didn't know how to love those that don't love God and all those situations. Jesus, what did he do? He went and ate with the sinners. But he didn't become a sinner. There again. Yeah, Jesus didn't become a sinner. He reached out to them. All right. For the other side of things. Say, you're here in the kingdom of God. There's the world. Remember that. This is all part of the world. We're all in this world, but we're not of the world. So it doesn't hurt to step out here. But don't be one of those that are of the world. We're in the world. We're not part of it. So when we step out here, but the reason it's important you stay up here, if you're one of those, if you're one of those today, that you know Christ, but you're just a plain weak person in Christ, you're weak, you must accept the fact that you need to grow. You need to ask God to help you. There's no reason to be weak. But if you're weak, first thing is important is that you admit that. 
that you know you have those weak points. Don't say, well, my friend this and my friend that. The day of judgment, I'm going to tell you, when you meet up with Jesus Christ, he's not going to say, what did your friend say? Clem, uh, what was your brother telling you? I'll judge him for that, and, and uh, I know you did wrong, but you'll go to heaven. It's not going to be like that. You are going to stand there. I'm going to stand there. We're going to answer for what we've done. Don't go by that. If you know you're weak, don't step out there, but you can still reach out there. If you're weak, don't go and join them. Because you know what happens? I see it all the time, and I hate to say it, but it's true. Weak Christians, they go. They think they're really going to go out there and reach out to others. And it's actually a good, I, it's, it in itself, is good to reach out. It's good to touch other lives. But when they're weak, it's not. Because you know what happens? You get out there. Okay, here are a bunch of sinners and you weak Christian, you get out here, you're with them now, and they'll swallow you up. You have no strength, you have no backbone, and first thing you know, you're doing just what they're doing. Did you know Jesus came for that weakling? He came for those that are weak. He came to make you strong. He came to empower you with his love and his spirit. Today, it's not, if you're weak today, it's not because, well, crisis help in his spirit is getting old. It's getting worn, and so it's just barely working. It's not that way. Hebrews says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So it's just good to be reminded. If you have problems like that, be real careful. Jesus, he went and ate with the sinners. He went and he reached out to them. He blessed them. He encouraged them. He told them to repent. I think Jesus preached more repentance than anyone in the Word of God that we can read. Today, brothers and sisters, don't be easy on a sinner. Don't be easy on a sinner. Jesus wasn't easy on us. Tough love is good. Yes, when, when there's sinners around, you know they're not living a faithful life. You know they're living in sin. What I'm talking about, not to be easy, don't just say, okay, okay, I understand, you know. I understand you had rough times and your parents mistreated you and, and your brothers or sisters, who, whatever the situation might be, no excuse. Jesus came so you and I don't have any excuses or don't need them. Obviously, we sometimes make some, you know. But we shouldn't. He wants us to be free from that. And like, uh, like the brother was sharing this morning, even though we're forgiven, sometimes consequences look at us the rest of our life. Those are the toughest sometimes. Doesn't mean we're not forgiven. Doesn't mean we're not set free. It just means that the consequences are still affecting and look at us here and there. Stick with the Word of God. Look what he said in Ephesians chapter 5. I want to read that a couple verses. Amen. In Ephesians, he talks about to have no fellowship with the, what? The unfruitful works of darkness. Glory to God. I didn't finish, so what I was saying about to, to step out there if you're weak. See, you and I are to make an impact. You and I are to make an impact in their lives. But listen, what I'm going to say now, if you don't make an impact in their lives, they will in yours. 
That's how that goes. That's just how it works. It doesn't mean we don't love them. It doesn't mean when, when we shy away from somebody, maybe there are those that... I remember a time where was this person? He was a pretty good friend. He wasn't born again. And uh, we would do things together. I enjoyed being around him. And there was literally also times that I, I would tell my wife, I'd say, you know what, I can't be around him. I just can't be around him. I could tell. Just the things that he was saying, the things that he was doing, later would just, it's almost like it rubbed off on me. And I said, I rebuked the devil. You've got to get away with that. I just have to take a little break. Because if I was around him too much, it's almost like I wanted to wear off. Because when I started talking about Jesus and injecting about the good life and godliness and all that, he would just like, well, I just go so far. And he just rejected them. And, uh, but praise God, today he's born again. But you look at that, you and I, like the brother shared again this morning, he was saying how self-discipline is sometimes very hard, but it's very much needed. The Christian life, disciples of God, I like like Brother Daniels, he shared a message one time on the disciples of God. Disciples of Jesus Christ, can you imagine how they are if they don't have no self-discipline, if they're not faithful? It's not about doing all the right things. But when we have faith and love God and our soul out to Him, He gives us that courage. He gives us that guidance and that protection and direction where we enjoy reading the Word of God. We enjoy spending time in prayer. It's something part of our life. It's not something well, like... There's a major problem when sin doesn't offend us, but correction does. You know why that's a problem? And you know why that is some of it? It's because people are not set apart. When people are not set apart, they're more offended about correction than they are about sin. But when you're set apart, you will be thankful if the pastor says, Brother, are you sure? Are you sure about that? But if you're not set apart, you'll be like, Boy, that's none of your business. You just preach a good sermon on Sunday, leave me alone. That's our people that are not set apart. I'll say that. They're not set apart. Or maybe it's your brother, your sister in the Lord. They, they bring mention something to you. Just a reminder. Praise God. We're set apart by God's grace. Glory to God. I was going to read in Ephesians chapter 5. Look what he said in verse 16. He said, let no man deceive... I'm sorry, verse 6. Let no man deceive you with vain words. What would vain words do? Well, could be deceiving. For because of these things, listen to them, cometh the wrath of God upon the children of obedience. Disobedience. It has that D-I-S in front of it. Disobedience. Are you concerned about being disobedient to God? Or are you concerned about being disobedient to someone here? You should be concerned about being disobedient to Him, to the Lord. He's the one that sees it all. He's the one that knows everything. He said, be not, he said in verse 7, yea, therefore partakers with them. 
For ye were sometimes darkness. He's reminding us, he said, you were darkness, but now are you light. He's talking to the Christian people. He said, but now are ye light in the Lord and walk as children of light. What a great reminder. He said, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Oh. Look at that. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he that saith he awake thou, O sleeper, O sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Praise God for that. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. I think we could recognize that today, what he's saying. You know, it's important that we redeem the time because the days are evil, the things that are going on. I said the foremost and the backup is Jesus Christ. It really is. It's Him alone that we serve. It's, it's God the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. When you think about that, the importance that we put our trust in Him, that we don't let, like he said, no man deceive you with vain words. Putting our trust into something else, putting our trust into someone else doesn't work. Must stay with the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? He's the one that saved you. He's the one that's able to keep you. He's the one that will direct you. He's the one that will guide you. He's the one that loves you. He's the one that gave his life for you, amen? To be set apart is a life that is self, that is disciplined. Disciples of Christ, disciples of Jesus Christ are those that have sold out to him. They're sold out. Let the sister asked this morning, mentioned that Jesus gave all. And he would really like all of what we have. All of us. <clears throat> That's what he would like. He said, you were darkness. Just stop and think. If you seem to struggle with the things of the world, if you seem to, to love the world, if you seem to think, well, the world isn't that bad, <clears throat> if you seem to think that uh, the world is just fine. It always had issues. <clears throat> just ask the Lord to give you wisdom. Ask God to give you a fresh love for Him and His Word. Because the world is, we're, this is not my home. We're just passing through. This world is a place where we get to stay right now, where we get to live our lives. We get to make choices according to what we want. Isn't that something? We get to choose who we want to serve. We get to choose if we want to go to heaven or not. We get to choose if we want to forgive somebody or not. We get to choose if we want to go to church or not. But you know one thing you don't get to choose? Whose child you're going to be on this side. 
my little Kaylee. She did not get to choose her parents. I didn't get to choose my parents. But we get to choose the Heavenly Father. Yeah, we get to choose that. It's such a blessing. Young people, anyone, count it a blessing to be set apart from the world. Because to be set apart is a holy people. It's a peculiar people. It's a people that have their focus on Christ. It's a people that have said no to the world. It's a people that told the devil. They rebuked him, and he flew from them. Rebuke the devil, and he will flee from you. That is what, that's where we started out today. He said, have no fellowship with the, fruitful, with the fruit, unfruitful works of darkness but rather reprove them. Remember that next time, next time you, you come across a situation. Remember also, he said in Romans, to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritual minded is life and peace. It's so important that we do not forget those things as we go through life. Some people, when they, maybe they, Maybe they're hanging out with you. You're born-again believers, and when they're hanging out with you, they act just like you. They talk like you. They, they, you would think they're, they're just perfect. You know, they're just good. They're good people, godly people. They love the Lord. Then when they hang out with the ungodly people, they're just like them. They can't make up their mind. They're not set apart. They're not set apart. <clears throat> set apart is, means we do not indulge in sinful activities of the world. We do not indulge in that. Set apart. Fake Christians, you know what they do? They live like the unbelievers. They're not set apart. And then another thing, weed and God, they don't mix. You know, so many times we see that People enjoy the things of the world while they still call themselves Christian people. Like sometimes you meet up with people, they have smoking habits. They smoke weed and all kinds of drugs and things. Or maybe they just smoke regular cigarettes, whatever it might be. They get born again. And you see them, they keep smoking, they keep smoking, and you say... Brother, you know, happened you got delivered? Oh, he said it's something you can't really, you can't really break that. It's just, you know, it's just a bad habit I got. I mean, you might have a bad habit of something else. You know what God is interested in doing with that bad habit? He's interested in delivering you from that. That's what he wants to do. He's not interested in that bad habit. It's going to control you. When Jesus was on the cross, he was thinking of that already. He said, when you come and give your heart to me, when you allow me to change that heart, I'll take that away too. See, it just depends what we choose to do. It depends if we love that thing enough that we don't want to let it go, we will make excuses and he won't get it. That's you making the excuses and saying, no, Lord, it's... Uh, you know, I can't really help it. My dad was that way. My mom was that way. I mean, even my grandpa, look at him. You know, we can have all the excuses we want. 
So you can't always blame it on that. And you should never blame it on it. If there's a problem, if you see something in your dad that you don't like, I hear that sometimes. This young man, he used to come to church. He used to come around and, and he would talk to me about, you know, some of the family situations and he would say, I just, I just don't want to be, you know, I just don't want to get in the situation where my dad is. I, I don't want to be like that. Or my grandpa, he would say. And I said, well, I said, you know, really, to get focused like that is very dangerous. I said, it's good to take consideration and take heed that some of their practices or some of their habits are not good, but when you get focused on that, I said, you'll become just like them. Oh, he said, I couldn't. I said, oh, I said, you watch, mind my word, I told him. I said, you get your focus on Christ, and you won't be like that. But I said, you focus on them, remember, when you don't want to be like somebody, don't focus on them, focus on Christ. Because when you focus on that person, I don't want to be like him, boy, that, he's bad. Bad news. And that's just your focus. Then you talk about it. You focus on that, and it just goes on. And remember, it's good to take heed that you don't want to be that way, but don't let it be your focus. Let Christ be your focus, and you won't become like that. You'll become like him. See, when Christ, when Jesus Christ is our focus, we, we focus on him. We read the word of God. We pray. We seek him. We're set apart. We become like him. We are like him. We love things that God loves, and we hate things that God hates. When you're set apart from the world, glory to God. Remember, don't be like the world. Don't be like the world to make an impact in the world. Don't be like the crowd to impact the crowd. And don't put yourself in the pit so that you can lift him out. What did he say in Romans chapter 12? Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, he said, Be not conformed to this world, but transformed. Be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind. Why, he said, so you know what's wrong and what's right. That's what he said, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable perfect will of God. When you don't have the renewing of the mind, you don't know. Sometimes you even know, but you don't have the power. Why? Because the mind and the heart aren't working together. You haven't set yourself apart for God. You're still mixed up. So you're confused, and confusion is not of God. But remember, he said in verse 9 of 1 Peter 2, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into the light. Glory to God. A marvelous light, he said, which in time past, remember, he's reminding us, Peter's saying, remember, in time past, we're not a people. But you, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. He's talking about you. He's talking about those that used to not love God, used to be in darkness, but today they're in the light. They're living in the light as he is in the light. What does 1 John say? He said, then we have fellowship one with another. And what? The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
There's so many scriptures to read. There's so much to say. But like my grandpa always said, he said, you don't have to say everything you know. Setting yourself apart is getting alone with God. And what do you do when you get alone with God? Tell them about everyone else, how bad they are. <laughs> Not usually, do we? When I get alone with God, that's a good time. When you get alone with God, isn't that precious? Just you and God alone. When I, when I say that, it makes me think back when my wife, before we were born again, in the Word of God, you can read about going in the closet and closing the door and praying. And she took that literally. She went in the closet and she prayed. And I don't mind. You know why? Because God knew we were serious. Her and I were seeking God. We were totally up against a big, hard wall. We didn't know what to do. We didn't know which way to go. But sometimes that's where God wants us. He like, He's like, oh... So at the end of the rope, you're finally going to ask me? <laughs> I'm willing to help. He's waiting. He was waiting for a long time. He says, oh, after all this time, well, praise God. You know, when he sees you and I are ready, he's right there. He came right there. He heard that cry. When you get alone with God, in prayer, in reading the word of God, in seeking God's face, God will have to honor His Word. He said, those that seek will find. He said, those that knock, it will be opened. And what else does He say? Ask, and it shall be given. Thank you. See, ask, and it shall be given. Like, well, well God knows our hearts. He knows when we're, when we're serious, when we're... Remember, when you're set apart for God, He knows that too. When you're set apart. Or are you one of those Christians that are kind of like lukewarm? Are you one of those fake ones? He knows that too. You know, set apart is not living together before marriage. It's not having sex before marriage. That's not set apart. You see that all over the world today. And when I say all over the world, I'm going to even say you see it in the churches way too much. And people are comfortable with that. People aren't married, they live together, they have children, they have sex, they do all those things. Remember what we read in Romans, he said, the carnal mind is enmity with God. And remember what we read right here. We'll go back to James, what he said. Look what he said in verse 4. Yea, adulterers and adulteresses. He's talking about brothers and sisters, men and women. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? He said, Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world, he's the enemy of God. And those are a lot of times the ones that are speaking out against the saints of God. You're not a saint when you live that lifestyle. You're not. I don't believe that. When you live a lifestyle of sin, you're not a saint. You're a sinner then. And those are the ones that are, oh, they love to preach that. Oh, boy, love those ungodly people. 
love them. They're always welcome in my home. I'm not going to live the way my parents taught me because, boy, they didn't love people like that, and the list goes on. Ah, what did, what did Peter say? Hmm? Hmm. What did James say? He said, rebuke the devil and he will flee from you. But remember, when you live like the devil, talk like the devil, he, the devil will be there. He'll be there with, with those situations. Living together before marriage. I'll repeat it. Living together before marriage, having sex before marriage, that's a sin. That's not what God wants. That's fornication. That's adulterer and adulteresses. God wants us to be set apart. He wants us to be not some weird-looking people, not some weird-acting people, but people that act like God. That's what He wants for us. The cross, remember the cross has separated you from the world. The cross, Jesus Christ, the one that has saved you, the one that has delivered you, the one that has set you free, is able to continue to lead you and to keep you and to guide you. He's able to continue to encourage you and, and give you life and health and strength. Let's close with John 17. John 17, just a couple verses in closing. It's, a, it's Christ's prayer for us. Amen? Praise God for that. He said in verse 15, I pray, this is Jesus. He said, I pray not that thou shouldest taken them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through truth, through the truth. Praise God. I'm going to leave it with that. This morning, be encouraged. Even Jesus, he said a prayer there. He prayed that God would keep us that the Holy Spirit would keep us, the Holy Spirit would minister to us, and that we would be set apart, that we would be not part of the world. We wouldn't be like the world, even if we are in this world. Remember, being set apart is to get alone with God, to let your light shine, to be faithful, and to love the things that God loves and hate the things that God hates. That is a set-apart life for Jesus. Amen? Amen. God bless you.